Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast may find you. It is I, as always, Gavin. And I, Justin. And we are doing radio voices today. Exactly. We are just we just started a talk show, didn't you know? <laughs> Here on NPR. No, no. <laughs> this, this is... That's a joke. I love NPR. They're great. It's throwback to Hammond's radio announcer voice in every Top Gear episode. Um, that's not uh, what we're doing today. No, uh, we are here to talk about the cars that we drove today. And believe it or not, they're cars that we've driven before. By many times. Like like a lot. Like many thousands of miles. Yeah, like I put 40,000 on mine. And I've put around 35 so thousand on mine. Yeah. Um, we're talking about a 2016 Fiesta ST and a 1988 Saab 900 Turbo SPG. Uh, we drove our own cars today on Antelope Island. We, uh, don't get into the actual reviews too much on this podcast episode, but we, uh, we well, I'm recording this intro after the fact, so my brain is kind of fucking dead. So let's just get into the episode. Let's do it. <sighs> Sometimes you need multiple tries at something <laughs> take two. Oh darn yeah like that too D- don't no no don't. one of us at a time justin <laughs> one of us at a time <laughs> there's your sink there's there it is good thing we don't need to sink this no we don't but i can quickly just ah uh, okay lovely. great take two ah <sighs> Frosty beverage, just like the day. It was very frosty. Uh, it was a very fucking frosty day. Uh, it's nice to be warm uh, and indoors. And in a nice comfy chair. And Yeah. And, well, it's interesting because it was warm and sunny. Well, not warm. Sorry. It was sunny. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but, are, you, are you mixing up days? <laughs> yes. It was a cold day in the sun, um, as it were. But the reflection of the snow kind of acted like a bounce card for the face. Yeah. Um, when I get home, I am going to put on some after sun cream. Mm-hmm. Um, actually working at the flower shop, uh, my boss like gifted me a bottle. I think it was for, like from a testing thing. Yeah. Um, like we were testing products for a kit that we were putting together, I think. Okay. And so, yeah, like it smells nice and it's like good for like, you know, it's not like aloe vera, but it's good for like if you've been outside in the sun all day, like to kind of try to heal and recover a bit. Yeah, exactly. Because the sun, even if you don't get sunburned, does you know do a number. It does. It definitely does. Uh, I haven't seen my face. Am I burned? No. Okay, that's good. I tried to somewhat stay out of the sun for when I didn't absolutely need to be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> well, it, it's got to be a pretty good reason why we would be outside in 25 degrees for you know basically the entire day and that was because we were filming a thing we were filming our own cars for not the first time but also very not common we don't usually film our own cars i mean i would i would say it's not the first attempt of filming our own cars but this is going to be the first execution of filming my own car (laughs) this will be the first product that will be released there we go yeah we'll probably actually steal some footage from last year when we tried to do this same thing (laughs) at at least with my car um but yeah for those that either don't know me or are somehow not yet sick and tired of me talking about a fiesta i drive a 2016 fiesta st stock power stock suspension just wheels tires a light braking um mod 
with being, you know, steel uh, braided lines, some dot four fluid, which it actually comes with from the factory. Nice. And uh, a Mishimoto radiator and a couple of things done before me, uh, being an MBRP cat back exhaust, um, a throttle pedal spacer, which is very handy. And uh, a sound symposer delete, which people think is a blow-off valve, which isn't. <laughs> and I have kind of a companion that was shot at the same time as this, which is my 1988 Saab 900 SPG, the car I've owned the longest. That has been uh, was my daily for many years. I bought it in Boston, drove it across the country, and yeah. it was... Um, kind of just long time coming for us to do a video featuring it and we may do more sob things in the future that'll be more in depth than this this is just these are just kind of quick blast little types of things but uh but yeah my car is 340 ish thousand miles i don't really know exactly unopened engine unopened well not exactly unopened bottom end and uh, and unreplaced turbo it's had two head gaskets but those are common in those cars i would say the and the bottom end is yeah, yeah. i mean I, I would call that an unopened engine yeah so it's had two head gaskets and a transmission uh but the turbo and the bottom end pistons crankshaft all that is all original to the car right never been repainted um original windshield uh just lots of miles and you know just lots of character at this point with mm -hmm. lots you know peeling paint and all that kind of stuff yeah all the stuff that happens after such as life with the three hundred forty thousand mile sob yeah yeah <laughs> when clear coat was still a new thing in the automotive world yeah so yeah we um are going to be starting a new type of format in coming into this new year and we kind of figured that with your car having not been featured on a video yet yep. and my car also having not been featured on a video what better way to have you mentioned your this? car in video form like mentioned it before i don't know because actually. i've talked about the fiesta st in reviews before um i even mentioned it and the real thing that triggered my you know real desire to get this going again with are reviewing our own cars is because I mentioned it in the NSX video when I start to tear up a bit and I said, you know, I haven't done a review of my own car and I'm sorry about that. And so I figured it would be in our better interest to uh, get our own cars done. So I actually don't think I've, I might've mentioned it once, but it wasn't like a, you know, a specific point. It might've just been mentioned in passing mm -hmm. in a review. I haven't actually made a point about it. I really don't think because there's been nothing to compare it to really. Yeah. Get the sob. I mean, it, it compares to a Fiesta ST pretty well, I think, with it being a gray front wheel drive, turbocharged, 1.6 liter hatchback. Hatchback. Yeah. With four wheels. Yeah. With <laughs> with four wheels. Yes. And ironically, the same bolt pattern. Yeah. <laughs> we keep forgetting that. Like that they do. Ironically, these two cars that are almost 30 years apart share the same bolt pattern for the wheels. Mm -hmm. and there still needs to be a day where we do a wheel four swap. by 108. Um, it's Fiesta, not just the, the ST, but the Fiesta platform. It is. I actually, I want to say first generation focuses too. Yes, I think, probably. I, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if they took the same hub design and just said copy paste. Um, so it's that. It's your Saab 900, yep. and it's Fox Body Mustangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the four on 108 Brigade. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of great options. I have. Was it? It wasn't a Fox Body wheel that I sent you. What did I send you like a week or so ago? I'm pretty sure that was a Fox Body. Maybe it was a Fox Body. It was uh, this Fiesta with the. Were they 16s? Uh, yeah, they were 16s. Yeah, 16 inch uh, Fox Body wheels. 
with tires. It, like it looked oddly satisfying. Yeah, there are some SVT wheels like from the first gen, uh, that first gen uh, Focus that people run. Those are fine. There's another early Focus wheel that I don't actually think think looks that great, and people do it anyway. They some people run it as a winter wheel. It's almost like probably like it's a five spoke of some kind, but it's not the SVT five spoke. It's something else. Gotcha. Um, huh. It's a little jelly belly. Interesting. It's weird. I'm not into it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It doesn't fit the design of the car really that much. I mean, the car is kind of a jelly bean, but like not actually a jelly bean from like, you know, a 1999 Taurus. It's not the curvy Ford era. Like your car does have angles, even though oh, yeah. it is a jelly bean. Oh, yeah. A rectangle was used at some point. Yes. <laughs> Or I, I mean, a, a ruler. But. Yeah, a ruler and a protractor. Just yes. Let's make this angle. Yes, exactly. Uh, um, but yeah. Hello. Hello, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> a, like, a robed up Chandler entered the chat, and then bre- and then quickly left. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we decided to brave the cold and uh, like while well, we do a prototype, effectively, of the new format. Yeah, we were about to go into East Canyon, where it, the the weather this morning read negative six, and then said feels like negative twenty four. And we said feels like fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck to the no. So we uh, changed course and decided to film it out in Justin's backyard at Antelope Island, where. It was actually really lovely. Which is rare. Rantelope used to be lovely about three to four years ago, and then everybody discovered it in COVID. You know what's weird? Yes. This March will be five-year anniversary of you and I starting to do this. Wow. I just can't believe it's been five years. Where's the mic drop? I know. (laughs) I, I just can't believe it's been five years since I had my stinger. Like, since I bought it, I mean. Like, once yeah. that happens, it'll be five years. Yep. Crazy. Um, but yeah, like, back then, uh, Antelope was a relatively dead, very good place to go to have some good, safe hooning happen. Clean family it, fun. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. A, in, a, in an environment that was very controllable. Mm-hmm. And the Stinger, uh, b- all the update videos we filmed, I think were all on Antelope in one form or another. Um, I know one was in like the parking lot outside of Antelope. We parked. Well, so there's there the very first video. Yep. And then we did a ten thousand mile update video. Yeah, I think it, we either did one or two updates. I actually don't remember. Is uh, there a twenty thousand? I think I know we tried to film one, but because um, then the thirty thousand mile update was my zero to one sixty eight run in mm-hmm. Mexico, allegedly. In, totally in Mexico. Definitely not on the Antelope Island Causeway. Not at all. Nope. No. What statute of limitations in Utah? I don't know, but it's just so weird that there happens to be an exact replica of the Antelope Island Causeway in Mexico. There's a really long and straight seven mile combined with a couple of dogleg kinks in uh, near Cabo San Lucas. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so we um, <laughs> we filmed there before and and at actually Antelope Island. You know, both in Mexico and Antelope Island, both of them. Yep. Um, yep. And even 2019, I think. Did we even visit it in 2019? Yeah, uh, with Jaden's car. True, and even then it was good. Uh, Jaden's uh, Mazda, <clears throat> excuse me, Mazda six turbo, and we filmed um, Allen's uh, Suzuki Swift Sport. Yep, out there. And then in 2020, we filmed the Fiat 124s. And I forgot, um, we actually did, which I'm pulling up right now to make sure. Um, <laughs> the video that really nobody watched was also 2019, which was 
the Roush Mustang. <laughs> 139 views. Um, yeah, which I find it interesting that it went like the way like it went the way that it did. Yep. Because we were trying to like film like I don't know like a one punch like you know back and forth kind of thing. Yep. Because I had traveled to Michigan for a family vacation. You're like I'm gonna film a review without you. And then you ended up being there anyways. <laughs> and then I dropped in at the end. But um, yeah, because that's when I filmed a uh, a Trailblazer SS. Mm-hmm. Which is, how many views is that at now? That one, which I believe was just before this one, um, it's in the double digit thousands for sure. Yes, I think I think so. It's probably low double digits. That was me buying the Tacoma. There was oh yeah, there he goes twelve thousand. Okay, yep. But then I also filmed uh, an AMC uh, Eagle, which is a one and a half thousand. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, either way, both of them uh, at a minimum ten times the amount of response that I got. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, past that, uh, I think the next thing after the Fiat's that we filmed there was Porsches. Porsches, and that was where we started to see some problems. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know what we're doing wrong exactly um, when we film features that involve porsches <laughs> nobody gives a shit yeah there's out which of is it. which is frustrating on my end because like i've been dreaming of 964 since i was about 10 years old <laughs> yeah apparently for some reason we have a porsche curse um the rossian curse was the gopros which seems to have mostly been broken despite the small little troubles we had today um you know what the ones today though okay so the, the thing about like the gopro curses mm-hmm was mostly unexplainable because there's GoPro and audio problems that we had. Yep, and they both would just randomly appear. Today, we had GoPros mounted externally when it was, uh, earlier in the day, it was about 19 to 20 degrees before wind chill <laughs> and then driving at excessive, excessive speeds, one might say. Yeah. Um, we... Okay, so what you were alluding to earlier with today being a prototype kind of day, we are aiming to, we're affixing to, film uh, weekly content. So the way that I intend to go about doing that, best case scenario, is film four slash five cars, which we'll see. It's going to be a lot, but film all the cars for the month in one day and then get them gradually edited Um but scheduled out to then drop on like a Wednesday or something. Yeah. And so today was a test run, uh, filming only two cars and maybe I'll just take two Sundays a month instead of one Sunday, Mm -hmm. take two Sundays a month, at least from the get go. Yeah. Just so I can film two cars in a day and know that I have like everything down. Yeah. Cause overall, um, so it was basically two prototypes. Number one was filming that and number two was filming on antelope in the winter. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been on Antelope Island in the winter. I've uh, last year, no, the year before, uh, my parents and I did a hike, uh, not on Ferry Peak, but it's like the shorter one that's like right next to it. Yeah, it actually wasn't like that long or difficult of a hike, um, but still very lovely. Um, not nearly as white. It was actually mostly brown. Uh, whenever when twenty twenty is towards the end of twenty twenty. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we did not get much snow that year at all on Christmas. I have photos from it. It was pretty fucking brown. This year, it looks like we were driving through fucking Norway or you know Scandinavia. Alaska. Yeah, 
it was it's just completely or covered. as you put it earlier another fucking planet yeah looking up especially with just some of the the scattered light coming through like the uh the slight smog and everything mm-hmm. it looked like what you would picture pluto to be in right. a in a way like yeah. a really ice you know icy crazy planet that you're just happen to be driving next to. i wish we captured frary yeah. we never really captured frary today most, most of our time was spent on the island or sorry not on the island duh, duh. Um, but at the beach yeah <laughs> which is you know not exactly what one would expect to do on a cold december day in in utah but we were at the beach and uh but yeah we, we filmed your car and my car all in the same day um we got follow footage we got flybys we got in car we got makeshift uh interior and exterior beauty yeah with the exception of the in car everything else was kind of a little new like so with follow yeah. footage we had two gopro that was the ice or the uh, wind chill you mentioned earlier with the gopros mm-hmm. we had uh, a car in front and then the car being filmed behind it to the right at like a whether it was degree. this the sob or the fiesta they mm-hmm. were interchangeable yep and so the car in front would have two gopros mounted to it one straight back and one at a 45 degree angle in the right rear mm-hmm. so that we could film the other car and uh that's something we have never done before because usually we have Gavin in the back of said camera car recording with generally a, a Toyota Sequoia or a Subaru product of some kind. Yep. And so we're trying to think of new ways to where like if somebody had to go run and gun on their own or with one other person maximum, they could do it because to do follow footage. I'll are, probably have Jaden with me or something yeah. like I'll, I'll have either J- Chen or Jaden uh, come along with me as an assistant on these. I, mm-hmm. I can't do this all myself unless if i do bring my car and the other owner is there yeah then we can like do a thing um which isn't necessarily out of the question it just depends you know yeah for sure and um you know really you could do all of it on your own except for that portion because with that mm. follow footage you need two people one for each car right. our, our traditional followed footage you need three yeah one, one piloting the uh star car on camera yep. then you need a person driving the camera car and then gavin in the back filming out of the camera car right um so this is just eliminating one cog in that to make it super streamlined and you obviously lose a little bit of quality doing that but that's how you chopping those edges and just kind of massaging them is how you get to be able to do easy weekly content exactly and you, you just put it correctly. Yeah, that, that that is the way that you would get easy, quick content because this way, if we can film three cars in a day, yeah. we've never done that. No. But if we can knock out, especially in the summertime when like we have a lot more light and we can film until like 9 p.m. Because yep. like it's been dark for a while and it's not even 7 o'clock right now. Exactly. So if there is a way for us to film for much much longer and we can knock out like four cars in a day there you go you got a month's worth of content bud yep and to be clear the thing is part of our reason for doing this is number one we want to make some more content for the channel so it's not just dead for three months and then we drop a big banger but well because we just did that and three to five hundred people watched it yep but the second part of this is I, I almost, even though we haven't totally vocalized this between each other, like almost a feeling of like we can do it a little better, even though it is quick content. Because like a lot of quick content can be sometimes a little 
shit and not the bit not the big guys a lot of the big guys have their stuff down pat like smoking tire and one takes and stuff like that like oh, even, yeah. though, even though it's quick content it's pretty good um yeah. but a lot of other people that try to do quick content it's not really it, it ends up not being that interesting because they end up ditching almost every aspect of what makes our long content good so trying to keep like a little bit of beauty a little bit of follow footage and stuff like that well yeah and what also ends up happening is uh the presenter in that scenario generally doesn't like everything that they talk about is pretty skin deep they never dip below the surface and like get to the crux of like why something is the way that it is or why they feel that way about something or whatever yeah because they're just trying to move on to the next thing so in order for us to keep cranking out more content while also not burning ourselves out. Yep. Because guess what? <laughs> I get to do that every day now uh, as a content creator for an overlanding company. <laughs> yeah, you, you really are uh, swamped in it now. Dude, this is the most amount of content I've ever put out. Ever. Like, I'm, I'm pushing out, at minimum, an Instagram post, a video, a reel, and a story every day. And you're only two weeks in. Yeah, and like it's fine. Like the first week was like really fucking stressful. I was like, "How the fuck am I gonna do this?" Yep. And like the second week, like the start of the second week, I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, we're good. We got it." And like my bosses are stoked on what I'm putting out, so like that's fine. But enough about that. Yeah. Um. You you were going on a, on a yeah tangent. Um. No, so like we're trying to both help bolster our channel and get ourselves at least a little bit into the algorithm, even though we're not going to be ever be the perfect algorithm child. Um, and also try to do like weekly content our own way, like uh, still having some of those pieces that make our like long form content good. Again, such as follow footage, which is the easiest thing to ditch, the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, because actually, drone is the like lowest hanging fruit because we didn't even do that today. True. Yeah. So there's, we could have. We could have. Um, we actually might have had time, although Antelope has some odd drone restrictions depending on where you're at. Right. Um, but those two are the lowest hanging fruit that are the first to go when you're trying to make something faster because they both take multiple people. Mm -hmm. And. If you can do it in a way that you can still have another person there and get it done quickly with just some quick walk around the car, do some beauty footage, a couple little flybys, and then have you know a car in front following with GoPros, with, with another car following it uh, with GoPros mounted on the first car. Like You can basically get a small version of what we do on each of the big films done. But also, doing weekly content in the way, like in this kind of more cut down manner, Yep, it becomes its own thing and it doesn't like sell our big video short exactly and the other thing that i also wanted to bring up too is the whoever is doing the reviewing and most of the time because of time constraints and all that stuff will likely be me yeah because i am the captain of the sinking ship <laughs> congratulations here's the key son have fun exactly but um it allows the person who's doing the present the the driving and the presenting and the reviewing uh, a larger palette yeah. and a deeper palette of you know experiences to call back on. So for when we do other bigger reviews or something, you're coming from a more informed place rather than just a first impression of this brand new thing, you know. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking like if you thought of a theoretical review, we could do more long form where it's like new civic type r new um 
uh, GR Corolla, like, you know, get like a few really new hot hatches together, you could yeah, then... Yeah, you know somebody? I, I wish. Um, <laughs> but you could then, you know, look back and be like, oh, yeah, we've driven other hot hatches that aren't in this review but like i can actually pull some data from that mentally and about you know what we can also do too what's that throw in b-roll of those videos and throw in a hyperlink and tell people to go watch the shit exactly content stacking mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a big old sandwich double dipping mm-hmm. double french dipping might as well i mean <laughs> hell we just got to do that a shit ton on death cars by double dipping into multiple rossian shoots <laughs> We did do that. That never made the light of day. <laughs> uh, we did it on that. We did. We honestly did a lot on NSXs too. Yep. Because we pulled from 992 Carrera. Mm-hmm. We pulled from Stinger GT. Mm-hmm. We pulled. I mentioned the Ross. I think we pulled Rossi on even on that. We, I think we did. Which was prior to the Death Car shoot. Yeah. Um, and Death th- Cars, for those that don't know, is the Rossi on Q1 versus Porsche 930 backdate turbo Franken car thing. Yes that um and so that this will also allow us to do that it it just allows us overall a massive gain because that's what sucks about like the youtube game is that if you want to do longer form stuff like us it generally doesn't do well the audi video which for we don't exactly know why uh ended up kind of finding its own little tunnel we didn't plan it but in retrospect i could probably explain it yeah because it was content for a, a well-known automaker that produced an, a type of engine that is well-respected in a lot of circles, is not made anymore, and uh, lacks because it lacks the current push of turbos and technology. Yeah, there's a lot more emotion in how those engines drive, and because that there was a 4.2 in the R8, mm-hmm. and the RS4 has such a cult following. Uh, you know, the D2 S8 was in Ronin. Yep. Um, and the RS5 was recent enough. Like, enough of the people that are really into those cars are around, and there's enough information on those cars around, unlike the minis, where it's like, fuck, we had to go diving. You had to go diving. I dove headfirst. Like, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think also adding to that, there wasn't really much done on those cars. Like, well, I was about yeah, to get to that. Yeah. yeah, because the highest viewed... Uh, 4.2 Audi related content had like maybe 60,000 views, maybe 30, 30k. Yeah. And, more, and like a lot of it was like b- rebuilding stuff or building things. Yeah. Most so it was of, all about maintenance. Yeah. Not like history or storytelling or any of that impressions or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Most of it was maintenance or like, like you said, RS4 or R8 related. Cause those are the two halo cars out of that lineup mm-hmm. that are really stood out. Um, yeah. and not much, not much else was really ever made. Like I think when I was doing, when I initially had the idea and we were talking on the phone and I did some research that night and I think I found a, just a few videos. Like I found like a video on the design, but not actually the history of the 4.2. So somebody kind of tearing down the RS4 motor or then I found another one, like, like I'd find bits and pieces of basically what our total idea was, but no cohesive actual product and we definitely rolled the dice on that too oh yeah that was by i mean as we've talked about before that was by miles the hugest thing we had ever done that's probably the biggest thing we will ever do for a while yeah for you know unless we got much bigger than we are now yeah um i just gotta win the lottery first yeah (laughs) we just need a full film crew Uh um but that was kind of a combination of luck and timing with how that whole video ended up doing so well Mm -hmm. we 
thought that maybe that might continue. It kind of didn't. Um, several we've had a couple of the videos that have done well, like R thirty twos have done fairly well for what they are. Um, Considering our following, yeah. yeah. Uh, minis have done okay, but Porsche that took a while. Yeah, Porsche, Death Car, and NSXs have kind of died. NSXs are on par, if not a little ahead of R thirty twos. Um, I don't think so. So it's within a thousand views. Oh yeah. Okay. So four point six thousand on NSXs, ten thousand on R thirty two. The fuck? Yep. When yeah. did that happen? Um, I thought it was still at like five or six grand. No, I mean it's it's been gone. Is that ten k? Ten point two. Yep. What the? F- yeah, and it's been it's a pretty consistent line, so it's just been slowly happening. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, that formula sadly hasn't fully replicated because it's just not what the algorithm is going to feed on. And actually, despite the fact well, that and we're not at the, like we're, we're, the level of production that we are at is impressive for the fact that it's just run by two people. Yep. But it's not Jason Camisa and, um, uh, oh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Anthony Esposito. Yeah. He's like the real creative director and, you know, camera and graphic, you know, mastermind behind all that stuff. Well, Minis is at 8K right now. Okay, so it's gotten up as well. Yeah. Um, and the two that have really died are Death Cars and um, Porsches. NS- yeah, NSX is, um, I mean, that has a, that's been around for half as long as the R32s. Yeah, so it, it may very well continue the exact same trend, mm-hmm. roughly speaking. Yeah. Um, but we're in the in the scope of trying to find better things to do. That really uh, these weekly contents is really what we need to do to help everything because we want to co- we will continue to do these larger films. Yeah. But we need companionship to that to just help out growing the brand and the videos and everything else and growing ourselves, our palette, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. and and all of the above because sadly. Um, the algorithm actually is almost too good at its job, <laughs> in yeah. a way. Uh, even though we joke about the plunger we have on the table representing the algorithm, yeah, um, where it is very good at recommending people what they want to see. But the there's it's like several layers to that cake of how somebody gets to a recommended video, yeah. and all the right ingredients have to be there for that person to get to it. And one of them is that content creator being relatively regular enough for the algorithm to even be able to see it. True, I, I think. We had better networking as well with the Audis. Yes. I posted that video uh, in an Audi 4.2 group that people were pretty, like, fanatical about, and they were pretty into it. Yeah. But, like, when we post on, like, Utah Association of Euros, like, nobody gives a shit. Park yep. City Car Club, nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not connected, really, with, like, a lot of, like, Japanese clubs or anything. Not at all. So mind. it's just, it, it's on the owners to, you know, if they want to share it, great. Yeah. And, you know, if it gets networked around and you know whatever i think that played a huge part of it um i got drunk one night and i commented on haggerty's video about a (laughs) 4.2 swapped uh ur quattro yeah and i feel like that might have had something to do with it too and i'm in a bunch of audi specific groups and even a couple of 4.2 groups myself so like we we had a better networking pool both size wise and just us being in groups to be able to blast the audi video i think i think that was definitely part of it um, I kind of kept posting about it on my Instagram while it was happening. Yep. And I kept posting about the video after it was done. Part of it was like, we can't believe it has as many views. Like, I don't know if that helps at yeah. all. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but either way, like look forward to that, like in the next little while. It also comes down to thumbnail too. 
Yes. Because we had an empty fucking warehouse or garage where um, a mechanic, sh- a speed shop, uh, Works 45, is now there now. Um, and they work on, you know, cup cars. And uh, they had a Ferrari F40 in there this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got another car that. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. another I'm, car. <laughs> if you want to uh, see what I'm on about, uh, make sure you follow GP.media on Instagram because I'm going to be shooting something quite special. Uh, but yeah, so sorry because this is like our round two of the podcast tonight. I'm kind of like blanking yeah. on like wh- how to move on. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, basically, what I was gonna move on to is that like we'll be doing that stuff, but like we got to sit there and trial run both a new style of content from a shooting perspective. Yeah, on our own cars at a location we've shot at before, but just never in the dead of winter. And it's also our own cars in a place that was near to it was near to you. It wasn't near to me, but it was near to you. So yeah. like we were close to civilization. And we didn't have to commute an hour to get to it. We didn't have to commute. No, I had to commute 40 minutes, but, you know, it's better than nothing. Would have been, well, better than an hour and 40. Yeah. Because that's what it would have been if we went out to uh, East Canyon. Yeah. Um, uh, but what I wanted to get to, um, oh, fuck, now I lost it. Gotcha. Well, either way. Um, oh, but, sorry. We, we were doing it on our in our own cars on our own terms. We didn't have to answer to anybody. Yes. That was the other thing that was nice because I could just drive it to your place get your car with you, get our shit together, pack out to the island, and just start working. And if if we did have an issue of some kind, we could be like, okay, we'll just like wait for his battery to charge or something. Or yeah. we'll make use of the time and charge the battery you know, in route to this other place. And if we have battery, then we'll just use it. If we don't, then we'll keep waiting. Exactly. You know, it, it was pretty, considering the issues that we did have, pretty low stress. Yeah, and it's, and it's, in many other ways, we already know our cars too. So we didn't, there's nothing to learn really necessarily. It's more, what do I say? Oh, that's true. Because when we do have other people's cars, we have to spend part of the day figuring, not just figuring out what to say, but extrapolating info from the car and mm-hmm. see like how it drives. And, you know, like with that was the, the rough thing about the Type S. Yes. Because there's such a vague car compared to the cars that we had driven that week and compared to you know enthusiast cars in general like do i just do i say it's boringly fast it's well it's that bad combination of like it's vague and it's stupid fast dumb fast like dummy also uh, if you're judging by the uh resale value of it fucking expensive that's the i mean if you're judging on purely on resale that's the most expensive car we've ever driven yes exactly because we even mentioned in there like at the time that we filmed that we found a few that were sale for almost four hundred thousand. Oh no there was one that was four hundred thousand. yeah and i mean they're they're all done now in fact i think the last one rolled off the production line like last week or something yeah. like that which yeah. is crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> like the nsx as we know it is done as we know it we'll see if there's another chapter to it yeah, it will be interesting if they do go, you know, full electric and do something like that, make it twelve hundred horsepower. I could, I mean, I could kind of see it because they did. In fact, I believe one of the first podcasts on our new format after yeah. we got done filming. I even found an article that was from the CEO of uh, Acura North America saying like there will be another NSX yeah. pretty confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't specify anything detail or timeline wise, which means it could be in five years, could be in 20 years, could be whatever. I mean, knowing their timeline and how long it takes to get fucking cars out, it could be 20 years. It could be. It could be 20 years, half a million dollars and make, you know, 900 horsepower all wheel drive. 
yeah, like individual electric motors. What? Who knows who what? Who knows? Nobody does. But um, anyway, so we didn't have to spend time learning the two cars on the island like we do with almost anything else. Yeah, because you've driven your car for seven years. I've driven my car for two and a half. Yep. And um, not not only that, but... How many miles have you put on that car? Uh, actually, I can address a little bit of that story here because I realize on our round one of doing this podcast, which, by the way, there was a little error. So we're in, that's why we're redoing this when Gavin mentioned round two of this. Yeah. Um, I believe from my records, I've put somewhere in the realm of about 35 to 40,000 miles on that car. So I put more miles on my car than you put on that car. And I've owned mine for a third of what you've owned yours for. Yes. So... Part of that is because I daily drove that car only up until about mid. Um, so actually, I daily drove it for more than a full year. Um, I kind of preferred to drive that over my um, Audi S6. Uh, I had a C5 2003 Audi S6 wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of preferred to daily the Saab in most cases just because it was kind of fun. Sure. Um, and my commute to work was only three miles and I could just hop over and whatnot. Um during that time was when I got the most mileage up until probably um, late 2016, early 2017, when I, at that point, had three cars to spread mileage between the C5 S6, my C4 URS6, and the Saab. Um, the Saab then went down after a little incident I had, misjudging a couple corners, and crashed into a curb and wrecked a wheel, steering rack. So it was down for like four months for that. Right. And then after that, when I moved out here to this house... And all the cars came with the UR was down permanently and my daily was the C5 S6. And that's when I started working for the trucking company. So I was just dailying the C5 S6 because it was Until easy. Until you got hopped into a Stinger GT. And then I still daily that. So really it was the first two years I owned that car was when probably about 25 to 30,000 of those miles got put on it. Yeah. After that, I had so many other options or was too busy. Like I needed. Or uh, the car was down or you had or, other options. Or I had other options, or like it, it was easier to hop in the Stinger or the C5 S6. Sure. Um, but the reason I say that I don't know how many miles I've put on it is because I don't know how many miles the car technically has. Right. So in 2001, and I even have a paper stating this from the sale of owner number, I keep miss, missing this up. There's, I'm actually the fourth owner. I keep saying third, but I'm actually the fourth because the first owner was only a few years then that was the second owner to own it from basically 1991 through 2001. Then I bought it from the dude that bought it in 2001. But anyways, I have a record from second to third owner saying that, by the way, I'm selling this car. The odometer has been broken for two years already. And it's at 180 some odd thousand miles already in 2001. Yeah. And he kept, uh, the guy I bought it from kept extremely detailed records, um, totaling mileage based on uh, GPS calculation and a few other different things. So that I have a rough idea that the car has somewhere between 340 and 350,000 miles on it. I also use a GPS and I've replaced the gauge cluster. So it does work now. Oh, so like it counts miles now, but obviously that number that was on that gauge cluster has no relevance to what it was. It's just, I now know how many miles I've put on it since I've put that gauge cluster in. Okay. Which was about 20,000 miles ago. So that's leading up to that has just, I put a good amount of miles on it, but like not nearly as many condensed wise as you put it on yours just because. Well, because my Fiesta is my only car. I mean, whenever I mean, okay, so I bought my car uh, May of 2020, which, as it turns out, is a great fucking time to buy a car. Yeah. Um, if you're not looking at like high grade collector cars, at least 
and uh, yeah, I bought mine from a dealership that needed a sale, and I needed a car, and so Fiesta ST. Um, I bought it in 2020 as a the 2016 model year car uh, with 23,000 miles on it for 16 grand. Yep. And then also just got a warranty and other things just to so, be smart. Yeah, with the warranty and everything out the door was like 24 grand. Yeah. Which, okay, warranty and peace of mind, like, okay, like, that's fine. Um, still a ride of a car for, for that money. And, um, yeah, 23K on the clock when I got it, and today I'm 41K. Yeah. Okay, so, so you know, a good amount of miles. No. Wait, did I, say, did I just say 41? You said 41. No, I meant 64. So I've put 41,000 miles on it. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Whenever I've been driving my car since, you know, May of 2020, it's it's the things that I've driven, you know, have either been my car yep. or the flower van, which when I left Native Flower Company had 222,000 miles on it. I put 160,000 of those miles on it in four years. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. So 40K a year on that, mm-hmm. plus another 40K in two and a half years on my car, and then what other cars I've driven for articles or for review on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I didn't drive my car for three days when I had an RS6. I didn't drive it for a week when I had an E90 manual M3. I didn't drive it for a week when I had a Lotus Elise. And it's funny, I think, when you started picking up with how many miles you were putting on cars was actually after I tailed off. <laughs> because yeah. Um, yeah. by 2018-19, um, I was mostly out of trucking and wasn't putting nearly the miles I used to on the Stinger or the Audi or There's anything. like a six-month gap where we did overlap, and then after that, yeah, because I started in June of 2018 yep. at the shop. And then I trailed off after that because prior to that, like it would have been, uh, I mean, I was driving commercially. So it was, you know, obviously when you're driving every day and long distance, not around town, it's just going to pile up like crazy. It's interesting, though, because (laughs) I find driving around town, driving in circles to be way more taxing. Oh, yeah. On you. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, if you're doing... 15 to 20 deliveries in a day but you only do 150 to 180 miles is way more taxing to to me than doing 700 miles completely agree to you actually if you explained to somebody that scenario and then explained like what i used to do all the time which is to boise and back in one day everybody's like oh my gosh that's crazy boise and back in one day i'm like oh it's a breeze it's so easy stupid easy i don't even spend 20 minutes in boise and i'm already turned around yeah so easy did i tell you that i did a logan delivery Really? Yeah, it was one of my last deliveries I ever did at Native Flower Company. All the way up to Logan. I we had a so it it kind of been a joke for a couple of years because there was somebody that asked uh, for flowers in Logan and Pam was like, "Let me forward you to somebody that is up there, so we don't yeah. have to." But there's a, a company called Lisman Studios. They are an interior design company mm-hmm. that we do weekly. Um, I shouldn't say we. I don't fucking work there anymore. <laughs> I have to like stop myself from saying that. But um, Native Flower Company does weekly um, contracted, uh, basically swap out flowers every week kind of thing yep. for their main office, which is in Sandy. But every uh, holiday season, they send out approximately, uh, oh, I think it's over 100 delivery, 100 arrangements to top clients and um 
uh, I guess, employees and like that kind of thing. But these people are in Utah County, Summit County, Wasatch County, Davis County, and apparently up in Logan too, because uh, there was somebody that was up in Logan. And this this is a huge order for Pam to take on, and we have to take on you know more employees and like that kind of thing to make this all happen. Yeah. So it was towards the end of this like week long thing uh, with Lisman, and Pam was Pam, my old boss, was like, "Okay, Gavin." Get ready. I'm like, oh, God. She's like, we have one going to Logan. I'm like, get out of town. Nice. What? So, um, yeah, never never did a, a delivery up to Logan. And so that was up at Hyde Park. Yep. So it, technically a little bit north of Logan. Nice. Um, and it was like one of the first snowstorms that we actually had this year. So it was like kind of stressful on the way back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was also a big day. Of, of driving for me because I also have to do a bunch of other shit, you know, around town after that. Yep. Um, I'm rambling about things. Wow. It's, we're, we're, we've swapped places. <laughs> how the turntables. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's all good. We've kind of got there from a couple different. It's tangents, weird to but... think though, that I put more miles on my Fiesta in two and a half years than you've put on your sob in seven. Yeah. But, I mean, but once you like break it down and like, it makes some sense and hopefully, you know, you pass me. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Um, I realistically like will start driving the sub more as I've, it's never really had problems per se, but it's always had little things. It, again, it's a car with 340 some odd thousand miles. That's yeah, 30 plus years old. You're allowed to do anything you want as, as a car. Yeah. <laughs> like you can kind of get away with anything at that point. Like it for a while, I thought it's turbocharger was bad. It turned out it was a small electrical gremlin on the uh, wastegate actuator valve that I fixed. Yeah. And you know, there was that, um, those cars in particular, cause of the way the engine is designed, most of the force of the engine goes on the front engine mount. It has three, it has one on the left, one on the right, and the one on the very front. And those front engine mounts, um, I kept tearing them out because they're not available and so you have to use cheap shit aftermarket ones and i finally spent the money on a custom belay one that billet billet yes <laughs> but uh custom... don't try to up fancy your fucking <laughs> engine mount fuck out of here anyways um a custom billet one that uh really should not have any need for replacing um and it's about 50 percent of the way to a solid mount so that fixed that problem. Plus, I got the the wheels that I actually damaged in the accident I mentioned earlier. Uh, I finally got repaired, and I got a cheap set of snow tires. Because for the past four years, effectively, the Saab's been existing in this weird space where it did run, never had trouble starting, would always get me somewhere if I had no other means of transportation. But it was running on very old tires on the 15-inch wheels. So it, it wasn't that great to drive. It, you know, again, had the boost issue. It had... Um, the engine mount that I changed out like four times because it just, uh, anyway. So how long do you think this new one is going to last? Uh, theoretically, even if it doesn't last, quote unquote, the bushings internally are completely replaceable. So I don't even need to replace the mount itself. That doesn't answer my question. Um, or are you talking about the engine mount or that car? Engine mount. I mean, it really is rebuildable. So I don't, I don't envision having to replace the engine mount itself. I envision that those bushings should last five ten years they're okay nice solid silicone bushings and even then i can replace the bushings i don't have to replace the whole mount right um so i really don't anticipate having problems in fact i anticipate the car going down for some much needed rust surgery prior to ever needing to touch that mount sure 
Um, cause that really is where that car's coming to a head at this point is again, like you said earlier with that kind of age and mileage, it's allowed to have some problems. And one of its problems now that I've solved all the other ones yeah. is rust. Um, the fenders are rusting. Um, I've got a couple of small rust holes, nothing structural, but a couple of body ones that are well hidden that need to be repaired. Um, and are in places fortunately where they can easily be repaired and the paint's been going since I bought it, but it's obviously gotten much worse in seven and a half years, especially because the first three of those was parked outside. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, it's just gonna, it's gonna happen. So being that the car kind of existed in that limbo, I, I envision what's going to happen in the next year is I'm probably going to drive it a pretty good amount over the next year. Cause I don't imagine having the money to act to do what that car needs for right. at least that rust, amount. rust repair is fucking expensive yes um for at least that amount of time so i'll probably enjoy it in its current state for probably about a year year and a half more mm-hmm. and then it'll probably go down for like a year and a half or okay. so get a full sweep of stuff it's had an eternal oil leak nothing major but just little seepage for the whole time i've owned it mm. it it has that and it needs some like pretty much all the rubber gone through there's lots of little things i mean again probably about 50% of the parts in that car are original. Yeah. It being that that's the case, it's like, okay, even if it's still working, it's time. It, it's kind of like the, it needs a retirement phase. Yeah. All the rubber needs to be done. The body work needs to be done. The paint needs to be done. Um, the turbo, even though it's still functioning, somehow after that amount of mileage, needs a rebuild. You know, go through and just do a clean slate. Sure. So I'll probably view this as like the, we'll call it the second honeymoon phase of going through and having some fun with it before that happens. Sure. So it'll get driven more in the next year than it probably has been driven in the past three combined. That's good. Yeah. And then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the Audi can follow suit at some point, but we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> that car is eternal. Don't count your eggs before they hatch. That car is eternal damnation in car form. <laughs> yep. It, 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 it uh, being that I've had many experiences with other Audi five cylinders and that car in particular has just decided to, deny any normality that i've experienced with all the others (laughs) but uh anyways yeah it is a funny thing to think about that i who traditionally has been a a mileage whore (laughs) have has put much less mileage on the sob in all those years than you've put on yours which is interesting yeah um but i also intend to do some i mean a, a fair bit of driving this year i'll probably get at least one or two boise trips uh I mean, we're, we are recording this, you know, the week before Christmas and the second week of uh, January, I'm going on a road trip with my girlfriend and we're going to go down to LA and do a bunch of driving down there and kind of get away for a bit. We won't do just driving. We'll do other stuff too. I, I mean, yes, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm already planning like hikes and shit. Nice. And Andrew and his girlfriend might join us later. Nice. Okay. Um, we'll see. But, um... Yeah, so speak speak of the devils. Not not the devil. She's not a devil. She's great. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, doesn't text me all day and then text me now. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, and what I kind of alluded to, my brain's a little fried, but I think what I alluded to in the video is that the Fiesta is going to undergo some changes this yep. year. Um, I'm not going to go into, into specifics, but I do want to throw a little bit more power at it mm-hmm. there. I, I'm not going like crazy stage two plus 
420 fucking <laughs> 360 no scope uh horsepower at it <laughs> i'm Jesus. i'm i'm uh maintaining my stock turbo um there is a fairly common turbo uh what they call a big turbo upgrade um done through a company called whoosh motorsports it's called an <laughs> s280 what a name google them <laughs> whoosh motorsports that's yeah it's, it's done by this guy uh ron miller i think uh yep that's exactly it that's how you spell it i love how it's all in lowercase too that's kind of funny mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on that's not that's that's the computer that's not the website no i i know our poor old imac is uh it, it's a little long in the tooth as far as, far as okay, loading fine. actual websites fine that's I'll, really funny hold on let me pull up a computer from this decade <laughs> whoosh sports here we go looks much better yeah looks like as it should okay yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah it looks like a proper website not just a bunch of text here okay there we go so you can dick around on it gotcha don't drop it it's not mine yeah i know okay so they offer you know all, i mean a no, lot of four products so fsst focus st i think there's mustang stuff mm-hmm explorer st Ooh. um but there's a an S280 turbo is like the the popular go to and uh, Woosh I believe uh, makes a uh, a kit for it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean right now I'm scrolling through the mountain of coilover options. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to do coilovers. I do want to do sway bars. Uh, so where the car is at right now, and I didn't really get into how it like the, like the actual dynamics on like that part of the review a lot of my review had to do with ownership yeah uh which you and i kind of both did today um there will be a follow-up video for this that probably will be more dynamics based on a squigglier road that we can actually or that i can actually push things on yeah um and that will probably be when i do uh, a sway bar kit yeah I think so the car right now, uh, for the summer, is uh, riding on Continental Extreme Contact Sports, which you and I have talked about. Yeah. And they are now at the level of tire, and I'm trying to keep everything... And let me know when you're done with that. I'm good. There you go. Okay. Um, the level of tires that we're at right now um, are kind of push or they're showcasing they're showcasing more of the weaknesses of my other components so if i had better like body control i could really plant the the car you know load it up real good and maintain even more speed in the corners yeah you know um brakes i think might be another thing that are coming up i might go to a more aggro pad Mm -hmm. a more aggressive pad and um my rotors will eventually need to be replaced anyway. I did my pads and not my rotors this winter. Yeah. So, and I never, I've never done that before, but my buddy Sasha said like, Hey, I can get you pads for 70 bucks and we can just send it. I'm like, cool. cool. Done. Yeah. Um, more power would be nice. There's a company that, uh, has done, uh, ECU tuning and upgrading for, uh, people at the, uh, at the O'Neill rally program. Oh damn! That also run Fiesta STs, and they also run base Fiestas, and they run like <laughs> Hawkeye WRXs and stuff. Nice. Um, they're a pretty reputable company too. So, uh, 
looking to get power from that sway bar. So, well, front and rear sway bars. Uh, intercooler. Yeah. Because summer is it coming. Makes sense. Yeah. Because what's the point in running more power if you can't keep it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. If I had if I had more money, if I made more money, I would throw, I would wrap it. Yeah. I think having a like a navy green, or not, not navy, but like an army green wrap. That'd be pretty sweet. With the gold wheels. Uh-huh. Like, that would pop off. Like that'd be a lot of fun. Well, and I think it's good you're not gonna mess too much with the suspension because it just Oh, I'm not touching suspension aside from the sway bars. Yeah, because yeah. realistically it's honestly pretty good the way it is. If well if there was a, a mod that I could do, and I'm sure I actually could do this, but if I could make it softer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh this for the daily is a bit much. Yeah. But I think so. What I mentioned, I think, on take one of the podcast, uh-huh. I don't think I mentioned it in the video, but um, I think this is going to be the last season, the last year of my Integrales. Gotcha. Because yeah. they're 17s, and those heavily contribute to the stiffness and the harshness of the ride. Um, I haven't driven a Fiesta on 16s. I would quite like to. Um I know that with the stock brace, you can go down depending on offset to as low as 15s. Hmm. So I'm running the Integrales with Blizzax on right now because rally car, rally tires, yeah, snow. It's, you know, it's fun. Tis the season, as they say. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to run those. I'm going to keep my extreme contact sports and because there are 17s and just burn those up. And while I'm burning those up, caught myself a set of uh 15 inch wheels for the winter time and then buy blizzax or not not blizzax something else i'm kind of done with blizzax yeah um and run those in the 2022 to 2023 sorry 2023 to four season yep <laughs> through that winter and then in 2024 get myself a nice uh set of something light because i saw somebody somebody uh on a scale with tires has a set of integrales or uh or tarmac tarmax yeah weigh 47 pounds <laughs> with wheels and tires Jeez. i mean okay about 10 like about 15 pounds of that's probably tire or something like that but still that's in that's quite heavy they look great but they are man. beefy <laughs> so getting a, a set of something that weighs half that because i know that decagrams and 16s i think they weigh like 15 pounds of wheel yeah maybe 17 pounds of wheel max yeah <laughs> that's a big difference yeah and so go down an inch on the diameter uh go down an inch or sorry go up an inch from stock uh, because they're 17 by sevens factory wheels. Mm-hmm. Integrales are 17 by seven and a half. The decagrams that I'm thinking about doing are 16 by eights. Interesting. So you're going uh, smaller wheel, but wider. I'm going pudgy. Yes. <laughs> getting a little More chunky. chode-like. <laughs> getting a little chode in this house. Yeah. Um yeah, because they'd be lighter weight, they would ride better, and they would offer more contact patch. I know I can run up to 225s on stock suspension before like really rubbing you sure you don't want to like borrow one of my set of sob 15 inch by like five and a half wheels <laughs> i do just for the meme want to drive around on your three spokes yeah, i know it, I really, it would be really funny really for the meme not for nothing else <laughs> next time i'm up here we should just do a test fit on one of the wheels and see if it sits 
Yeah, because I I actually don't remember what the offset on those is, but I I know it's not out of this world either positive or negative. It's fairly normal. Um, uh, on mine or yours? Mine. Okay. Um, let's see, Fuck, I can't remember. Are mine like thirty five? Are that are mine negative thirty five? I think so. Um, either like thirty five or forty one or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think mine are somewhere in that range as well. Uh, cause I also have to, my brakes are almost the exact same size as yours. Uh, cause I remember we looked right. that up mm-hmm. and that tells me that my wheels can't be that different. Um, as far as, uh, spec and whatnot. Cause I know my car can fit 15s just like yours. Yeah. Um, and so therefore I do believe that, uh, they should be about the same. Um, Oh, uh, negative 27. So they're mine even, are like that then. Yeah. Mine are 35 or 41. Which means that mine are actually uh, have a deeper poke because the lower number means, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little further out from the hub. So mm-hmm. interesting. So mine, mine would actually pudge out a little bit more um, on the outside. That's what I would be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because my wheels are pretty flat on the outside. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of dish or dome. Mine would be the equivalent of putting a mm, 12 millimeter spacer on yours. <laughs> I mean, I'm down if you're down. I'm down. I, I want to see a, a Fiesta ST on Saab Super Arrows. It'd be hilarious. I want to see a, a Saab on fucking Integrales. That, I don't even know if that would fit. My wheels are not that big. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, we'll we'll do it. I'm just saying. We'll do it and take some pictures. Because <laughs> that, that'll be a funny sight. Because uh, aren't Integrales from kind of that era of motorsport? I know they're older. Yeah, they're late 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Look up the Lancia Delta Integrale. Uh, I didn't. You know what's funny? I never made that connection. Oh, I I mentioned that in my review. Yeah, because my my car is like um, a triple entendre, because Fiesta was a like was in rally. Yeah. Here, click the Martini one. Yep. That interesting. Yes, I'm fine. Go. I love how it just asked me if it was safe to go to Wikipedia. Oh, great. I don't know. I'll, is it? I'll just pull it up on my phone. <laughs> Screw this. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, Fiesta was a rally car. And also, <laughs> Kim Block. <laughs> um, the Integrale, the Lancia Delta Integrale, was a groupie rally car. Yep. And also, um, the Subaru uh, Gold, like the wheels are gold, at, like after the Subaru uh, STI yeah. rally cars. It's funny. I just, ne- for some reason, I never made the connection of Integrale, like, is in your wheels, to the Delta Integrale. Yeah, they're reps. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're high end reps. <laughs> they're, they're, they're homage. They're home. Ooh, yes. Homage reps. <laughs> We're a whole new We're brand of reps now. <laughs> homage and belay. <laughs> belay and engine mounts. Uh, Anyways. Um,. Yeah, Delta HF four-wheel drive also won the first two events in the 1998 season, uh, Monte Carlo, and uh, one in Sweden. Interesting. Hmm. Anyways. So, yeah. Um, Saab, Integrale wheels. This is happening. Fiesta ST, Saab it, wheels. If your wheels actually fit on my car. And they drive. That will look hilarious. If either of our cars drive. <laughs> yeah if either of our cars actually make it to a functional uh moving down the road safely status with this wheel swap 
I, I want rolling footage, even like with, through, with a drone, like just with a drone going around your neighborhood at like 15, 20 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, it'll just be the weirdest sight. Like, because although your wheels are meant to homage a, you know, 30 plus year old wheel design, I get that. Sure. They're still kind of modern in their own way. You know, they take the fundamentals of an old wheel design and they, they are yeah moderned up a bit. They're not actually old wheels. Exactly. Uh, my Saab wheels, <laughs> there's like no modern wheel comparison that looks like that. It very much looks its time period. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, that would be a, f- a funny side on your car. I think that the Integrales from a visual perspective will look less out of place on the Saab than the Saab wheels will on your Fiesta. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, w- how many times have you seen a Saab 900 turbo with a billion spokes on it? That were that weren't wire wheels. True. I, I don't even think I've seen with wire wheels, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna Google to see if anybody has been a mad lad enough to put. Um, you're you're gonna see Fox body swaps before you'll see Fiesta and or sorry Integrale because Integrales on Fiestas aren't even common. Yeah, I was curious. I literally searched uh integrale wheels on sub 900 like and just to see if anybody Uh anything would pull up uh nothing unsurprisingly um and uh, (laughs) it would have been funny if somebody had done that and i was like oh so that's what it looks like now i gotta (laughs) see this in person (laughs) but no um and i can almost guarantee um you'll be the first person to swap probably super arrows onto a fiesta st probably and that'll I cannot wait and that'll be even more funny because then you have to post that on your fiesta st owners group yes and see how much you get roasted oh i don't think i'll get roasted i think people will be down because there's a lot there's a lot of show cars in that group too fair yeah um and then post it on like the oem wheels on oem brand car whatever whatever group that is yeah well, i'm gonna look it up and i and i think in the sob group i'll get two people at the exact same time because the sob community is almost exactly polarized between two groups one group is the purists and there's a lot of them go ahead oem wheels on other makes and models is a group yes i've heard of it yeah um so in the sob group you have the purist side and then you have the don't really give a fuck side which has a couple spectrums inside it but for the most part they all kind of band together yeah um I imagine I'll get props from that side and I'll mostly get like, oh, whatever kid, go do whatever the fuck you want to do from the, <laughs> the purest side. Sure. Like, yeah, I don't care. Exactly. Because uh, I even just pulled up the group to see if I could find it. And I um, I found some mentions of Integrales, like one or two people have mentioned them, but hmm. nobody has uh, shown a photo with them. Well, there and those are probably actual wheels from a Lancia. Yes. Or Lancia. Mm-hmm. Lancia. Yeah, and other than that, I mean, the the Saab wheels are a weird group because they came with weird wheels from factory. So oh sure, it's yeah, a, it's funny what people will throw on there. I mean, some well, who else aside from Saab was making three spokes from factory? First gen Viper. Okay. Um, there was several GM products, uh, a, a, like a Cyclone or something. Um, the no, it was actually later than that. The Pontiac Bonneville, the Pontiac... It was actually mostly Pontiac. The Pontiac uh, Aztec had some three oh, spokes. Yeah. Um, the pinnacle of automotive design. Yeah. Well, and what's <laughs> even more... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's even more funny is there's actually a spinoff group from uh, 
manual leader strix called three spoke leader strix of course that's um that is um all about that and like i've gone through and seen what they are there's a lot of uh either reps or like aftermarket stuff uh, but and that's far- why i mentioned oem because like yeah. there are a lot of aftermarkets from that era from the mid 90s mid late 90s that were doing a lot of three spoke stuff mm-hmm. but it is mostly Saab. like it really is yeah. uh Saab was the uh i would say Saab was the iconic three spoke manufacturer yeah because that was that and viper i definitely forgot about viper that's also a big thing yep um with the sobs it was mainly that i think probably about a third of their wheel designs were three spoke in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. um past that it died when the gm era uh they, they got well it died when the 90s ended yeah exactly they put away the drugs yeah <laughs> I mean, it is Sweden. Who knows? They're pretty progressive. They, all that shit's legal. That's, that's They're true. not the United States. That's true. <laughs> the, everything's good. Um, but yeah, I I would say that uh, it's very likely that um, we'll get some interesting responses on both sides. I would love to see that. <laughs> Just say, hey, we're doing an experiment. What do you think of these old deep dish super arrows on my Fiesta SD? Yes. <laughs> I'm... I have no doubt you'll get a ton of like, holy shit, those are cool. Because to be fair, that the design of my wheels with their deep dish, they're, they are pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Almost everybody that sees those wheels, regardless of what their taste in wheels is, is like, oh, those are sweet. Yeah, yeah the, they, they command presence for sure. Because the regular ones are just flat with every uh, regular three spokes are just flat with the edge of the wheel. Mm-hmm. But these with that good three inch lip is just like, mm-hmm. mm, that's, show you a three inch like lip. Eat, eat off of that dinner plate of a lip <laughs> it's lovely but anyways well we've been going for quite a while um in general or uh well yes in general <laughs> and on the podcast so. oh cool well let's wrap this up then um bringing it back to kind of why we were here today um we're gonna be doing weekly content when that starts we don't know we will keep you informed uh we need to kind of have a backlog first before just jumping into it that's actually something i've learned with trying to do daily content at my job is you can't just start doing daily content and expect it to be posted in the morning no (laughs) daily content's not made same day (laughs) generally sometimes it is sometimes it's not but um we will be posting weekly once we start yep it's just a matter of finding the right time for us to start and have enough of a backlog so we don't you know go for a month or two months and then go oopsie daisy we don't have anything for the month and then leave you all hanging high and dry so uh that's not what we want to do we want to just keep consistent and stay on it and uh drive some cool cars for you people to watch and hear about so if you for some reason haven't subscribed to our youtube channel we are www.youtube.com forward slash exhibition of speed Ooh. <laughs> or you can just like look up exhibition of speed or even google audi 4.2 v8 and we pop up yes that's pretty cool imagine that uh so find us that way uh find our social medias base mostly our instagram is where we're more present even though we're not present as much there yeah um exhibition of speed all one word if you want to uh send us a carrier pigeon send us an email instead at mailbag.eos at gmail.com and uh yeah let's wrap this shit up until next time i've been gavin and i've been justin and this has been the exhibition of speed podcast goodbye